Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never 
Beautiful. Thank you so much. I love that song. It just, just touches your heart when you listen to the words. Good morning. Uh, my name is Sharon Lewis, and it is indeed my pleasure to be the platform assistant today. And I will be bringing the announcements. First time visitors, we love to see you. We're so glad you're here. And as you leave, if you would take a visitor's packet from the usher, I should have one up here to show you, so just pretend it's, I'm waving it in my hand. Uh, please make sure you get a uh, first time visitor's uh, package. Everyone, you're invited to join us in the social hall for great conversation and fellowship with one another and mm, yummy, yummy, yummy desserts and food um, from our hospitality team. They really do a good job. And they make stuff from scratch, something I don't do anymore. Another update on our capital campaign will be forthcoming as we continue double the states. Thank you for your support and your contributions. We have a lot of activities that will be beginning this week. Critical conversations will meet on Zoom tomorrow, September 25th, from 7 to 8.30. These conversations are provoking and healing, and they open our hearts and minds to, to the oneness in each of us as we celebrate diversity. You cannot celebrate diversity unless you recognize and respect our oneness. So we ask you to join us, please invite a friend. Uh, if you need to um, click on our Zoom site, click the Zoom link on our website in order to join the Critical Conversations team. And we have what we're calling now Spirit-Filled Wednesdays. All are welcome. And this is an opportunity for you to learn, to grow, and to meditate. Uh, Bible study is on Wednesday from, 11, from 1 to 3 o'clock, and that's on Zoom only. And our meditation service is also on Wednesday, and it's at 7 o'clock, and it's either on Zoom or here in person in the sanctuary. And the Zoom link for both can be found on our website. Our next, do we have any veterans here? Any veterans? Oh, a bunch of you. Our next veterans peer support group will be next Monday at, next Sunday at 12 o'clock in room nine. All veterans are welcome. Giving Sunday. Giving Sunday will be October 8th. This Sunday, Giving Sunday, provides an opportunity to further express your, fi your financial commitment and appreciation to Unity of Farmington Hills. And it gives you an opportunity to catch up on our campaign goal as well. Ah, October 22nd, new member service. Please join us in person or on YouTube because it is a regular Sunday service for our new member service. To become a member, all you need to do is go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, and fill out the membership form and submit. Our prayer chaplain today will be Eileen Lindbergh, and Eileen will be in the back by the patio doors. We ask you to exit the sanctuary immediately to allow for Eileen to have a quiet, sacred space for prayer. Please visit UnityFH 
check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that's mailed every Friday to stay abreast of our activities and upcoming events. All you need to do is go to Unity FH and complete the form at the bottom of the page. And now we will have the music team sing Surely the Presence. Now this is our, our time for prayer. And in preparation for the prayer, we always begin with the daily word. And so I ask that you physically and emotionally and mentally prepare for prayer. And we do so by just taking a deep breath and just blowing it out, just relaxing. Just relax and let go of all of those anxious thoughts you had about trying to get here on time, what you're going to do after church, just be in the presence. Just be in the now. If you're comfortable, close your eyes and just relax. Sunday, September 24th, the word for the day is healing. The affirmation is, divine life lives as me. I am whole and well. When I am experiencing a healing need, I focus my thoughts beyond illness and discomfort. Even as I seek treatment for injury or illness, I see myself whole. I remember that I am created in the image according to the likeness of God. I know my life is God's life, living as me. Divine life fills every cell, strengthens every muscle, bone, and organ, and quickens every nerve in my body. It restores perfect order to all of my body's functions, releasing and replacing anything unlike itself. When someone asks me to pray with them, I do not ask about their symptoms or circumstances. I affirm the healing activity of divine life in each one with whom I pray. I see them as spiritual beings as they are whole and well. And our Bible verse is, In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. 
And as we continue to hold the statement, when I am experiencing a healing need, I focus my thoughts beyond illness and discomfort because spirit is always there. We think of the song that was sung first this morning, Waymaker. God, spirit, universe, principle, Muhammad, call it as you may, is our way maker. And as we go through this human experience, we keep our thoughts, our focus aligned with this way maker. When we do this, our life changes. We were never promised a rose garden, but when I focus on the way maker, God, spirit, love, hope, wisdom, then my life changes because what I focus on grows. And so I choose not at this moment to focus on all that is short, that all that misses the mark, but focus on all that is good. And as I go through this human experience, there are times when I fall short and I just can't focus quite right. I just miss the mark. Then I take a breath and I know, I know deep within my heart that God is indeed my way maker. I rest in the assurance and I know that all is well. And so it is, and so it shall be. Amen. See, I normally don't have to do this part. <laughs> the affirmations, thank you. Our statement of being, God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. In our growth affirmation, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuaries, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all the necessary resources to co-create a loving, spirit-filled world. It's bringing 
It is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest speaker for today, Steve Fonts. Did I do that right, Steve? Okay. <laughs> Steve is a dedicated member of Unity of Farmington Hills and a member of our veteran support group. He has been in Unity for about three years. Prior to that, he has been a Christian and a pantheist in the past. Maybe at some point you can ask him more about that. It's really fascinating, but it's clearly aligned with unity. Steve accepted his calling to follow the licensed unity teacher path in 2020 and has been taking LUT classes each quarter at Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute. He is expecting to complete those classes in 2024 and will get his certificate, his license, in 2025. He has two adult children. He and Carol, another Unity member, Unity of Farming Hills member, have been lifelong partners since 2020. He is a veteran of the U.S. Army and has completed a 30-year career at General Dynamics. It is my pleasure to introduce Steve. morning. Um, let's just turn inward for a second before I begin what I'm going to deliver. Lord, may I be a true and faithful vessel for your divine ideas. May I speak the words that convey those divine ideas. And may the Christ in me speak to the Christ in all. Amen. The title of my talk today is Psalm 23, A Sheep's Life for Me. And as I go forward, I hope those words will make a little bit more sense. The 23rd Psalm, the Shepherd's Psalm, is a classic. Words that have sustained many to include yours truly during good times and not so good times. Besides the Lord's Prayer, this may be the most famous set of scriptures in the Bible. Countless articles, sermons, and books have been written on the subject. So I could think of no better way to start my journey of apostleship than with these six verses. I plan to go over these six verses three times. So the first time, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and let the words sink in. Build a picture in your mind. Then I'm going to provide some thoughts on the metaphorical and symbolic meanings that I've discovered as I've gone through my studies. I'll give an interesting rewrite that Charles Fillmore did on the 23rd Psalm about prosperity. And finally, I'll give you my interpretation of the scripture, sort of rewritten, and close with some words of our good shepherd and wayshore, Jesus. My sincerest hope is that maybe some of this or all of this will give you the spiritual substance that you need. <laughs> Closer to your face. And that you will want to delve deeper into the meanings of this very famous song. I invite you now to close your eyes and just absorb the words and meanings that come to you or remember some past studies that you've done. The 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life. Feel free to open your eyes whenever you're ready. But I will say that in these six verses, the author, King David, explains our personal relationship with God and the Christ spirit within in his fullness. It's a story of truth or a song of truth, as Phil, Charles Fillmore, the founder, co-founder of Unity, says. It's meaningful on a couple significant levels. There is the metaphorical meaning of the shepherd and the sheep as God and the human flock. There is also the metaphysical meaning of the Christ spirit and our Christ consciousness that are signified by the sheep and then our free will, which is the shepherd that leads the sheep forward. But I'll say if you think about it, I mean, the first verse can stand alone. Um, and I'll break it down for you why I say that. It begins with the Lord, the one and only presence and power in the universe. Not a Lord or one of many Lord or an Lord, but the Lord is, the Lord is. A statement of existence, the transcendence of God in the world. My, personal, right to me, the eminence of God within me. Shepherd, whom I depend my entire existence upon, I shall not want. It's all right there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But there's more, and, and we'll go into that. But I always found that that one first verse, if you really think about it and you let it sink in, becomes the meaning of the entire psalm, the meaning of our entire relationship with God. David knew a little bit about being a shepherd. And in being a shepherd, he understood the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And that's why he used that as a metaphor. But before we go on, I'm going to tell a little bit of a personal story about walking in the darkest valley. Almost 40 years ago, I was in an intensive army training program known as Ranger School. I experienced there what I would call a challenge to my soul. I gave up everything that I had to succeed in this very arduous but prestigious training course. I was confident in my skills and I had hardened my body. I was failing miserably. While I was failing miserably, the words of David came to my mind. And somehow, I remembered a portion, and only a portion, of the 23rd Psalm. I remembered that first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I remembered the most famous verse, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Those words helped me get through it. After months of physical and mental abuse, my body was broken, my spirit was collapsed, and I had basically given up. But as I began to speak those words slightly and also hear them in my mind, everything changed. When I relied on my human condition to get me through that darkest valley, I wasn't getting through that darkest valley. But when I turned to God, everything changed. And to this day, I find very strong power in the words of the 23rd Psalm. I carry it with me most places that I go. If I don't wear it on a piece of jewelry, I carry it in my heart. But there's more. The 23rd Psalm, like I said, is pure metaphor. Um, David doesn't think of himself as a sheep. I mean, he obviously uses that as a metaphor. 
But he does understand the relationship, like I said, between the sheep and the shepherd. And it's a powerful metaphor that he uses because the shepherd guides, protects, and nourishes the sheep just as God does for us. It's also most likely how David saw himself when he was a shepherd and also as the king of Israel. He saw himself leading the sheep or the flock. Before I go further, let's understand a little bit about the sheep back then. You start to understand a little bit about why I titled my talk the way I did. So if you're like me, when you close your eyes and you pictured that scene, I pictured, or I used to picture, a nice green pasture, kind of like you would see in the sound of music, and beautiful blue mountain lakes out there. It wasn't like that, all right? The grass and the water was very distributed. It was a barren environment. And the sheep would never be able to find what they needed to survive. They needed the shepherd to lead them to those grass, grassy places and also to the water. The water was hidden in streams or down in a well, and the sheep would never find it. I think this is important context. In those days in that area, the sheep relied exclusively on the shepherd. Having been domesticated, they no longer had the instincts to fend for themselves. They would never find enough grass, enough water, or any rest. They would perish in the presence of their enemies, starve to death, or worse yet, die of thirst. Sheep were totally dependent on the shepherd for every one of these. Put that in contrast to the picture that I was talking about before that you may have had in your mind of that Irish-type landscape and the sheep. Those sheep don't need a shepherd. They have everything they want. They're surrounded by grass. They're surrounded by water. Something to think about when we consider where we are with the niceties of our world today and all the things that we have and how they sometimes seem to draw us away from the dependence on God. We begin to think that we don't need a shepherd. And that's where we fail. Back then, the life of a sheep could be simple. The sheep would just let it. The shepherd led with his voice and brought them to sustenance, rest, and comfort. If the sheep followed the shepherd, the sheep would get everything they needed, provided by God. Just like the Garden of Eden, when man had everything they needed, provided by God. They could follow the voice of the shepherd and all would be provided. However, contentment is not in a sheep's makeup. Sheep are restless. They will not sleep unless the conditions are absolutely perfect. And sometimes even the shepherd has to push the sheep to the ground to get them to rest. They're obstinate. They often stray from the trail. They seek something beyond what is put in front of them. Often sheep are chased down and forcibly brought back to the herd. Sheep are simple-minded. By that I mean they eat, they eat, and eat, and eat. That's just what they do. So here you have an animal, an analogy of an animal, constantly hungry, restless, and stubborn. That sounds familiar to me. Now that you understand sheep, let's go back to the remaining verses and keep those characteristics in mind. As we go through the next verses, again, begin to try to apply them to yourselves. Verses 2 through 4. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If I'm a sheep, my shepherd provides me rest, restoration, correct paths, comfort, and protection. What a wonderful way to depict our relationship to God. If only we could get past those sheep-like characteristics. Let's hover for a minute on verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That was one of the verses that I remembered, but I remembered it differently. I remembered it as, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I think perhaps those are better words. If you think about it, the valleys obviously are a metaphor for tough times, and shadows would represent that, but shadows aren't real. Shadows cannot harm you, yet still, shadows are the absence of light. In order to create a light, you need the light, or in order to create a shadow, you need the light and something to block it. And I like to think of the light as God's love, and the thing that blocks it is our human condition. And the shadow, well, those are the fears that seem so real sometimes, that when we're in the valley, it seems we are alone. Notice also that the pronoun changes here. I find that interesting as well. In the beginning, he talks to the shepherd as he. But in verse 4, he changes it and talks directly to the shepherd inside. He says, For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And it's no longer the shepherd, it is my shepherd. It's interesting also how David uses the tools of the shepherd in this verse. The rod was about two or three feet long, a club used to fend off predators and protect the sheep. And the staff was the crooked pole with the hook on the top that was used to prod the sheep along or even to rescue the sheep if they got off the trail. Remember also that the pharaoh was often shown with the rod and the staff in many of the depictions. So for the people of that time, these symbols would most definitely convey the authority of the shepherd. I think they can convey that same to us today. One last word on the fourth verse, the word through. Why would not the shepherd lead his sheep around the valley? To me, it's pretty simple. There's no way around the hardships in our human existence. There is no way around the valley. We must go through. We never just go into the valley, however. We go through the valley. We are given the promise that we will get through the valley to the other side. We know that we must go down, but we also know that we will come out if we keep God as our comfort and protection. I think that we should, we can and should take comfort as David did in the Good Shepherd during these darkest days. Let's go on. Verses 5 and 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The psalm transitions at this point to a different view of life. More than likely, David wrote this psalm later in life after he had experienced being a shepherd, a warrior, and a king. So David understood the idea of a banquet prepared by a gracious host and what it meant to have enemies surrounding him. Even his family had turned against him in his later life. In these two verses, David expands upon the goodness of God and the special place that each of us 
each of us has within the kingdom of heaven. The anointing of the head and the overflowing cup show the magnitude of God's love. Just as the special guest has shown hospitality, God shows us the same with his love. The last verse then becomes the commitment of the sheep. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. I am loved by God, and it is my commitment to leave a path of goodness and mercy behind me as my commitment to God for his love to me. It's the basic flow of love, the basic flow of the universe. I will dwell in the house of the Lord, meaning I will keep my mind on things of God, and I will demonstrate here on earth the divine ideas of God within me. That is the commitment of the sheep to the shepherd. That's all we really have to do. It's a wonderful metaphor, but let's look at it one more level. In the Bible, there's always... It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. A prosperity treatment, 23rd Psalm revised. The Lord is my banker, my credit is good. He maketh me to lie down in the consciousness of omnipresent abundance. He giveth me the key to his strong box. He restoreth my faith in his riches. He guideth me in the paths of prosperity for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of debt, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy silver and thy gold, they secure me. Thou preparest a way for me in the presence of the collector. Thou fillest my wallet with plenty. My measure runneth over. Surely goodness and plenty will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall do business in the name of the Lord forever. I thought it was a pretty great rewrite when you think about how to look at prosperity and how it ties back to the 23rd Psalm. Everything is provided by God. That is what prosperity means. If we go one more level, and we won't go too much level deeper than this, I promise, but one more level, and you think about David. David is symbolized as divine love individualized in human consciousness. So the author of this Psalm is love. And the Lord is the activity of the spiritual I am, our Christ, our divine consciousness. So when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, it simply means that God is the source of all understanding and of all help. Like I said before, this could stand alone. There are many more symbols, but I'm not going to go into those here. Feel free to pick up those uh, metaphysical dictionaries and have a look for yourselves. Um, there's a lot of them in this one, between the sheep and, and the water and the green pastures. Um, but I took my, my shot at a rewrite of the 23rd Psalm using some of those definitions and some of those ideas. And I'm going to share it with you. Not that there's anything remarkable about it, but it, that it'll encourage you to also find your meanings and your ideas in the same 23rd Psalm that I did. My version goes like this. My Christ consciousness is the source of all my understanding. 
It sustains me and brings peace to my thoughts. It directs my way as an expression of God. If my thoughts turn away from you and toward air, I will not acknowledge them, since you are with me and protect me. You provide me all the substance and life that I need, even when I don't recognize it. I will live for my Christ consciousness and demonstrate my whole life. Those words speak to me in the divine ideas of Christ consciousness. I think the way that words spoke to David. But there's a little bit more that I would like to go through. I'd like to turn now to some words from our Good Shepherd, from Jesus, and what he said on this matter. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 34, Jesus spoke these words. And they'll sound familiar after we've gone through the 23rd Psalm. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough today. Again, I think it's the same message. I think Jesus is simply saying, don't worry. He's saying, be still and know that I am God. Be a sheep, follow my voice, and all will be provided. Perhaps all we need to do is to be like a sheep, accept our good shepherd. Listen for that still, small voice of God within us. Follow God's path, and don't worry for tomorrow. Rather strive for the kingdom of God in all things, and surely goodness and mercy will follow us. Our lives will be demonstration of divine ideas on earth. Don't know where you are today. I don't know if you are in green pastures. I don't know if you are in the darkest valley. I don't know if you're beside still waters or surrounded by your enemies. But I do know this. I know that you are not alone. You are an individualized expression of God, and as such, you have access to the Good Shepherd of Christ inside you. You have access to Christ within your fellow members here in the church. You have access to Christ in your friends and family. You have access to the very force that is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. Be still like a sheep and listen for the shepherd's voice. Give uh, Steve one more round. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. Reaper. Uh, okay. Um, Steve, I think this song fits you perfectly because it uh, sounds like you had to overcome quite a bit uh, and get you uh, to where you needed to be. So um, let's do this.
would you, would you stand, please, to accept our blessing? <laughs> I should have asked them to put it on the screen. We love you. We appreciate you. We bless you. And we behold the Christ in you. Thank you so much, Steve. September birthdays. Do we have any September birthdays? Oh, you too, me too. Yes. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear friends. Friends is good. Happy birthday to you. So let's take this time and to give our love offering. Remember those of you who are new, there, is, there will be someone at the back of the sanctuary to collect the offerings. We don't pass the offering basket. Also, if you are online and on watching us via Zoom or YouTube, YouTube now, uh, go to our website, unityfh.com, and you can see how you can donate. Uh, how you can send a check or do it online. And let's just be still for a moment and go within and know that this is a time where we practice the law of circulation. What we give, we receive back abundantly and know that all will be well. And this, this church, this facility is so grateful for your giving of your time, your love, your wisdom, and your financial offerings. And so it is. Amen. And uh, I guess we should say the unity offering blessing, divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. And our prayer for protection. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is. And all is well. And we'll stand to sing the peace song.
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.